All right, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you for uh, just the the, uh, the truth of your word. And Lord, thank you that, um, uh, that that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and um, that the truth will set us free. And so, Lord, as we study tonight and we talk about uh, some pretty important uh, information and issues, Lord, help us to not be afraid, but to be uh, prepared and confident and know that you're in charge and you're in control. Thank you for each one that's here uh, in the building tonight and also those who will be uh, joining us by uh, live stream. Lord, we pray you'd use this time for your honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing uh, this study of what in the world is going on. So what in the world is going on? That's, uh, that's the question. And before we begin tonight, and I'm going to go fast, by the way, because I've got a lot of material and pretty certain we won't get through everything I'm hoping to get through tonight, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And wherever we uh, finish, we will uh, pick uh, up next week uh, and where we left off. But to, uh, by way of announcement, I want to mention if you've not yet watched last week's uh, message, which was part one of what in the world is going on, I encourage you to do that. If you're watching online, uh, I encourage you to do that. If you're just now picking uh, this up, we had a ton of uh, traffic last week, both live streaming and as well in the week since then of people uh, watching this and listening to it. We do uh, offer all of these messages, all of the messages here at Plum Creek Chapel, both by video and audio. Some people prefer uh, to listen to the podcast and last week's Wednesday night uh, inaugural installment of what in the world is going on is the uh, so far the second already after one week the second most listened to a podcast and not by works history so uh, and that and that includes stuff that's been out there since we started podcasting last year uh, so that's uh, that shows me that there's an interest in this and people uh, want to know more so just want to mention you can go to our website and if you uh, if we just kind of zoom in here on the left hand menu you can see where it says all videos you hover over that all videos it brings up a sub menu and the very first one is what in the world is going on if you click on that it'll take you to a page where all of the videos in this series will be posted right now uh, you'll see there's only one uh, the very first one from last week which was what in the world is going on part one the great satanic reset now I know a lot of people can't watch videos maybe you just don't have the time in this busy life to sit down and dedicate an hour or more to watching a video so if you go back to our website on the home page you'll see up here under resources and then if you click on that you'll see podcasts right below that if you hover on the word resources you'll see a sub menu come up and you'll see podcast if you click on that it takes you to our podcast page and every podcast provider out there, it doesn't matter what your podcaster of choice is, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Stitcher, Audible, which is Amazon's, uh, Pandora, you name them, uh, all of our podcasts are available there. So whatever podcast provider you use, just go and search for Not By Works Ministries and you'll find all of our uh, podcasts there. So you can listen to exactly what we're doing in this series each Wednesday night by audio so uh, obviously I've mentioned this before but <clears throat> due to the nature of what we often expose and talk about it not by works YouTube has censored us and and canceled a lot of our videos so we do not use YouTube we still have 
over a thousand videos up there, but we're not posting any new stuff there for that reason. So the easiest thing to remember is notbyworks.org. Just go to notbyworks.org. Everything's there. The video, the audio, my weekly uh, a, a blog and articles and all kinds of materials and things there. So I just wanted to kind of show you, for those of you that may be watching uh, online, how you can navigate the website and get to these videos. But tonight we come to part two. The Great Satanic Reset, and again, these videos build on each other. Obviously, each one is somewhat standalone, but in terms of making the case, especially the biblical case, it's very important that you go back and, uh, and watch uh, part one, because I spent the better part of last week's session uh, making the case, laying the foundation for how the Great Satanic Reset fits into uh, God's plan of the ages and Satan's competing plan to try to take over the world. So, uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about what the Luciferians uh, are doing and, and, and how their, uh, what their plan all along is and how that relates to this COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, now, uh, you know, the, a lot of people call this a conspiracy theory, uh, these types of things. And as I've discussed elsewhere in, in my Spirit of the Antichrist series, they're right. Because a conspiracy theory is just a postulation about how two or more people are working together to commit a crime. And that's certainly uh, what's happening uh, now. And a lot of people uh, have pointed out recently with all that's going on in the news that really a conspiracy theory is just what we call a spoiler alert. So just kind of be, you know, be ready for what's coming down the uh, pike. In fact, someone said, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? about six to 12 months. So, so just give it time and you'll see uh, that this is all true. So I want to start with a couple of quotes. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a obviously well-known German Lutheran uh, pastor who stood up against uh, the Nazis and uh, he's become widely influential uh, in his uh, writings. He was known for really his vocal, outspoken uh, dissidents against the Nazis. He ultimately was carted off to a prison camp and on April 9, 1945, he was hanged. But he said, quote, if I sit next to a madman as he drives a car into a group of innocent bystanders, I can't, as a Christian, simply wait for the catastrophe, then uh, comfort the wounded and bury the dead. Look what he said at the end. I must try to wrestle the steering wheel out of the hands of the driver. In other words, what he's saying more succinctly in one of his most famous quotes of all time is silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And so I really feel burdened uh, in, in my heart that as a pastor, and, and I'm particularly motivated and, 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 and energized because we just got back a couple hours ago from a Liberty Pastors Conference where a lot of the stuff that I've been studying and researching for 15 years was covered, and it was so encouraging to know that you know, I'm not alone. There are other pastors out there that believe this stuff and teach this stuff. And so uh, I'm particularly motivated and really encouraged to do what I believe God has called me to do, which is to speak the truth. Uh, these are unprecedented times, as we talked about last week. We, we, we showed you how many people in positions of global dominance and authority are, in their own words, stating that, we, that, that what happened with the COVID pandemic was a world-changing event, and the world will never, ever, ever be the same. 
Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, another German, this one a poet and a scientist and a statesman, uh, lived much uh, earlier than, uh, than uh, Bonhoeffer, but he said back in the uh, late 18th, early 19th century, quote, the man in the street does not notice the devil even when the devil is holding him by the throat. And, and what I mentioned last week, I, I give you these quotes just because I want to continue to put this before you, that we have a duty to be prepared. God's Word tells us a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Uh, the ESV puts it this way, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Another proverb that bears on this subject is the prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly, or as one commentator paraphrased it a wise man thinks ahead but a fool doesn't and even brags about it we have a duty and according to God's word to not be asleep but to be awake and watch and be sober so I mentioned last week that we are right on the brink the precipice if you will of reverting back to a globalist society a globalist world if you will which according to God's word is going to happen we know that the Bible is going to come full circle ultimately to God himself in the form of his son Jesus Christ coming to the earth, taking the throne, ruling in perfect peace and justice. And what a day that will be when he comes back to make all things new. But until then, uh, and before then, we know Satan is going to gain victories. He is actively, aggressively seeking to take over the world. And the Bible tells us that for at least seven years he will succeed and that he will install his own man, the Antichrist, on the throne, and that he will rule in a horrific reign of, 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 of tyrannical terror uh, over a satanic regime. Uh, the only thing we don't know about God's timetable, as far as the, the one world system is concerned, is whether we will be rescued at the rapture prior to the installment of the one world system, uh, or whether it will already be in place. We know that we will not be here once the Antichrist takes the helm, and by the way, we're not going to get into the theology of that. I know there may be people watching that disagree. I would encourage you to watch our Sunday morning Bible study on what lies ahead, where I've ma I'm making the case and have made the case for 25 weeks now uh, that the Bible promises the church will not go through the prophetic wrath of God. But just because we won't be here during that final seven-year period, the time of Jacob's trouble or the great day of the Lord's wrath, does not mean that we won't have to endure the types of uh, tyranny that many believers have endured for the last 2,000 years. And so we need to be aware of what's rapidly occurring before our very eyes. And I mentioned last week that the World Economic Forum is essentially in the driver's seat right now. It doesn't mean that Klaus Schwab is the Antichrist. It doesn't mean that you know they are monolithically in control of all the evil that's going on. But by all accounts, they are sort of the center stage right now. Satan is using all of those Luciferians associated with the World Economic Forum, led by Klaus Schwab, uh, to try to usher in this one world system. I'm going to be giving you a lot of quotes, as we did last week. Uh, last week we had a lot of uh, Klaus Schwab quotes. We'll have a few of those uh, this week. But I want to start with a Klaus Schwab quote that kind of sums up uh, all that he stands for and all that his satanic co-conspirators stand for and that is this he said quote in a nutshell global governance is at the nexus of all these issues what issues is he talking about he's talking about in his uh, COVID-19 the great reset book and in his fourth industrial revolution book 
all kinds of bio uh, control mechanisms, a po global police state, uh, one world economic system. Uh, again, not, you won't own anything. We talked about that last week. All of those things are sort of uh, coming together. And you see this come up again and again and again in all of the Davos men and women. That is, those who basically get their marching orders from the World Economic Forum and one of their subsidiaries and subcommittees. Uh, here's the uh, Danish environmental minister, Ida Alken, talking about Agenda 2030. Now, we're going to get to Agenda 2030 in this series. At some point, I'm going to talk about Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 at length. But notice what she says. Um, this is from the World Economic Forum website. Uh, it's in the subtitle there, it's talking about here's how life could change in my city by the year 2030. Uh, and she says, quote, I don't own anything, including a home. I have no real privacy. Nowhere I can go and, and not be registered. I know that, now watch this, somewhere everything I do, think, and dream is being recorded. As we get into... Uh, some of the genetic engineering and transhumanist uh, things that they're doing tonight, you're going to see that this notion of controlling humanity through uh, genetics is, uh, is, is already a reality in some circles. And if the Lord tarries is coming is something we're going to all have to deal with. Now, when I first uh, kind of went down the rabbit hole and woke up to the world as it really exists, according to a biblical worldview, as well as according to alternative versions of history that I never heard in my uh, Rockefeller-controlled compulsory government school system, uh, I was early on influenced uh, by Naomi Wolf. Now, some of you that are still entrenched in the right-left paradigm, and you know the name Naomi Wolf, you may cringe, because she's a progressive. She's not a conservative. She's not a Republican. I'm not sure if she's a believer or not. But she wrote a very short book uh, for her son that she dedicated to her son, and it was called The End of America. And this was in 2007. And that was the year that I kind of was exposed to a lot of this truth and began my journey that led, has led now to books and DVD series and uh, speaking engagements across America. Uh, but this is really an absolute must-read. Again, you're not going to agree with everything she writes, and I uh, only recommend this book of hers. But she said back in 2007 that we were headed toward vaccine passports and the end of human liberty. It is, quote, literally the end of human liberty in the West if this plan unfolds as planned. Once this rolls out, you don't have a choice about being part of the system. It has the power to turn off your life or turn on your life. It geolocates you everywhere you go. Your credit history can be included. All of your medical history can be included. It would be the end of civil society. She has resurfaced in light of all of the uh, uh, control measures that are being rolled out by uh, ultimately the World Economic Forum at the helm and the World Health Organization and other medical tyrannists. Uh, she's resurfaced and she was on Tucker Carlson not long ago and she said this, I hope we wake up quickly because history shows it's a small window in which people can fight back before it's too dangerous to fight back. Now, um, I love this cartoon. Maybe you've seen it circling around, but it reminds us that part of their control mechanism is to keep us thinking that this is short term, that you know, not long in the future is a return to normal. 
And if we'll just do this, and if it's just 15 days to flatten the curve, no, if it's just till Easter to flatten the curve, no, if it's just till a year, to, and then for, and, and it's just this ever-elusive goal of returning to normal. And we saw last week that in their own words, and they're in print, and they've been in print even well before the COVID pandemic, they don't want to return to normal. The normal that they want is the normal they've been prophesying forever and seeking to usher in a global tyranny where you have absolutely no rights that's what they want so you need to keep that in mind so we're going to start tonight by talking about depopulation and the great satanic reset uh, i'm purposely taking the time to lay the foundation of the luciferian conspiracies long-standing love of death and desire to kill people because it's important that you understand what's happening right now in our world through that lens. If you've never studied eugenics and the depopulation agenda, then, uh, then you might think the things that we're saying and the things that experts are saying about COVID uh, are absolutely crazy. But once you understand their agenda, uh, then, then it kind of begins to come together. And it may take, by the way, if you've never heard some of this stuff, some time to process and uh, I understand that. Don't take my word for what we're talking about tonight. Don't just assume I'm right. Uh, do your own research. Study it and, and uh, look up some of the quotes uh, uh, that I give you. But Proverbs 8, 36 says, All those who hate me love death. Now you need to understand that the people that we've been talking about that are pulling the strings behind the scenes uh, and in this great last days of deception are Satanists, okay? They hate God. When they read the creation account in Genesis, they believe Lucifer was the hero. They dedicate their books to Lucifer. They hail Lucifer. They worship him. They talk to him the way we talk to God. They think God was the antagonist. That God is evil and Satan is good. They hate God. And the Bible tells us that all who hate God love death. Now, we didn't need Proverbs 8.36 to know that. We're going to look at several other passages that show us theologically how Satan and death and deception all go together. It's, it's this triad. Uh, but as an example, if you go to some of the World Economic Forum uh, promotional materials on their website, you'll see a lot of different iterations of this same cartoon directly from their website, and they're teaching this to the children. They're basically saying the earth is sick and one of the gods of the universe, little g, dressed as a doctor, is diagnosing the earth's problem. And you know what the problem with earth is? I'm afraid you have humans. We're a disease. We're a death. Look at this one. You have humans. Well, I'll show you. You're going to take a daily capsule of tsunami and two tablets of eight degrees earthquake and a strict regimen of drought. I'll show you. Too many humans, too many people on this planet. We've got to get rid of them. Here's a child's rendition of the same thing. Oh, I, I, let me check your temper. Oh, I see the problem. You have too many humans. They have been engaged in a eugenics depopulation campaign going all the way back to the garden, as I'm going to show you. And we talked a little bit about this last week. God said to Eve, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. Satan, who loves death, did what? Caused them or tempted them to eat of the tree and brought death into the world. 
Wherefore by one man, Paul said in Romans 5.12, sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So there's a, 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 cre- a connection between Satan, death, and sin. They all go together. And so now I'm going to just rattle off some quotes here of a variety of globalists, of whether they're political figures, uh, media figures, uh, entertainment figures, you name it. Here's a, a key a figure in in England, an English broadcaster, kind of their Walter Cronkite. For for those of you that are too young to remember Walter Cronkite, he used to be kind of the official spokesman in American media. Uh, he said, "We are a plague on the earth. It's coming home to roost over the next 50 years or so. Either we limit our population growth, or the natural world will do it for us. And the natural world is doing it for us right now." Paul Ehr- Paul Ehrlich, uh, American biologist who's widely known for his, you know, preachings and warnings, sounding the alarm about overpopulation and growth. He was a former top science advisor to President George W. Bush, by the way. So you find these guys, you know, there's no right-left paradigm. I've talked about that in my Spirit of the Antichrist series. If you're still locked into this Fox News, CNN, right-left, Republican-Democrat paradigm, you've lost the battle already. Because these guys, the, the Davos guys, are in every, the same ones are in every administration. So anyway, he was a top science advisor to George W. Bush. To our minds, the fundamental cure, reducing the scale of human enterprise, which he clarifies, this is his parenthesis, including the size of our population, reducing the size of our population, to keep its aggregate consumption within the carrying capacity of Earth is obvious, but too much neglected or denied. He goes on, nobody, in my view, has the right to have 12 children or even three well, unless, you know, the second pregnancy is twins. Everybody knows Ted Turner uh, is a famous depopulation eugenicist. A total world population of 250 to 300 million people, a 95% decline from present levels would be ideal. Bill Maher said, I'm pro-choice. I'm for assisted suicide. I'm for regular suicide. I'm for whatever gets the freeway moving. That's what I'm for. It's too crowded. The planet is too crowded, and we need to promote death. That's Bill Maher. What about right here closer to home? Colorado State University professor Philip Cafaro, or Cafaro, I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, wrote this in a paper entitled Climate Ethics and Population Policy. Ending human population growth is almost certainly a, a, a certainly should say necessary, but not sufficient. No, it is a necessary but not sufficient condition for preventing catastrophic global climate change. Sorry I bungled that quote, but you can see what he's saying. Uh, Detroit News columnist Nolan Finley said this. He's still active today. Since the national attention is on birth control, here's my idea. If we want to fight poverty, reduce violent crime, and bring down our embarrassing dropout rate, we should swap contraceptives for fluoride in Michigan's drinking water. By the way, they've tried that before in San Francisco. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, probably the leading figure in the eugenicist movement in the first half of the 20th century, said all of our problems are the result of overbreeding among the working class. And she added, the most merciful thing that a large family can do is to kill one of its infant members. Yeah, 
For those of you who couldn't hear the comment on the tape, why don't these people kill themselves? Well, that, that's, that goes to the Luciferian agenda. See, they believe they are bloodlines of the Illuminati. They, many of them trace their lineage back to Genesis 6 and the, the, the Nephilim, and they, they claim that they are an elite class and that they have this knowledge that makes them worthy, and the rest of us are just serfs. Right? But they want to keep, and if you read their writings, they want to keep a certain number so that there will be people to do the menial tasks until... Uh, until the singularity when AI takes over and then the computers and robots can just do it. Uh, Nina Fedorov was a key advisor to Hillary Clinton. She said, we need to continue to decrease the growth rate of the global population. The planet cannot support many more people. Or, of course, you know John Holdren, who was uh, primary science czar to President Obama, and he said some horrific things. A program of sterilizing women after their second or third child, despite the relatively greater difficulty of their operation than a vasectomy. Yeah, easy for him to say, right? Uh, yeah, it might, be, it might be easier to implement than trying to sterilize men. He's talking about government-mandated programs. Keep that in mind when we get to talking about COVID. Government-mandated programs. He goes on, the development of a long-term sterilizing capsule that could be implanted under the skin and removed when pregnancy is desired opens additional possibilities for coercive fertility control. Keep that idea of coercion in mind, too. We'll come back to it a little bit later. The capsule could be implanted at puberty and might be removable, with official permission, of course, for a limited number of births. One of the many... Uh, clubs or groups or organizations that are in the, the line of the satanic uh, conspiracy. And I talk about this when I diagram the Luciferian conspiracy in my series, Spirit of the Antichrist. And I mentioned, in fact, Sierra Club in there. A lot of these so-called uh, you know, uh, benevolent organizations are nothing but mouthpieces to advance Satan Satan's agenda through the global elite. But he said... Childbearing should be a should be punishable uh, crime against should be a punishable crime against society unless the parents hold a government license. All potential parents should be required to use contraceptive chemicals. The government issuing antidotes to citizens chosen for childbearing. End quote. In other words, everyone's you know sterilized with a chemical, but if you have permission and are chosen because you're not feeble-minded you know, meaning a person of color, a person that, you know, uh, from a mixed marriage, a person who has an ailment or maybe walks with a limp. If you're not one of those, if your genes are pure like ours, then we'll give you the anecdote and give you permission to have two children. Right. How many of you are aware that the United States of America and your tax dollars pay for an Office of Population Affairs within the Health and Human Services Department? Probably never knew that, right? You don't hear much talk about it on Fox News or CNN. But it's there. Just go to hhs.gov and uh, look under the departments and you'll find it. Um, the uh, Thomas Ferguson, who was a former official in the uh, Office of Population Affairs, said this. There is a single theme behind all of our work. We must reduce population levels. Once population is out of control, it requires authoritarian government, even fascism, to reduce it. Don't forget 
just add them to your Christmas card list because you are paying a salary. So if you give Christmas gifts to your employees, you might as well send him one too. Uh, more from the Office of Population Affairs. This is straight from their website. I'll zoom in. I clicked on About, and I'll zoom in on what it says. The OPA advises the Secretary and the Assistant Secretary for Health on a wide range of reproductive and adolescent health topics, including teen pregnancy prevention, family planning, and look at what we see there, sterilization. We've got a government office whose job it is is to help tell you know, state organizations how to enact sterilization? Bet you didn't know that. Jacques Cousteau, another uh, famous Luciferian elite, said, in order to stabilize world population, we've got to eliminate 350,000 people a day. It's a horrible thing to say, but it's just as bad not to say it. I mean, really? <laughs> Is it really bad? just as bad to say to, to not say we should kill 350,000 people a day as it is to kill 350,000 people a day? I bet you you'd see a difference of opinion on that assessment. Uh, and Henry Kissinger, we've talked a lot about him, said depopulation should be the highest priority of foreign policy towards the third world. And by the way, he made sure that it was. With the Bill Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation um, and many others, a lot of Rockefeller money, they went into third world countries like India and Africa, sterilized all the young girls and made sure that we get, don't have those useless breathers uh, procreating. Um, so I talked about Agenda 2030. Again, we're going to dedicate a lot more de you know, intensive time to this. But I want you to notice this. This is really interesting. Uh, so th their, their logo, this is uh, some uh, promotional material from Sweden, but the official Agenda 2030 logo is this wheel. It kind of has rainbow colors. And you'll see a lot of globalists wearing that pin. Okay? Uh, you know, there's Boris Johnson in the top left, UK Prime Minister. Uh, Tedros Adhanom, who's the General Director of the World Health Organization. In the top right, Bill Gates, of course, you recognize him. He's wearing this pin. Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron, he's wearing the pin. And you can see a close-up of it there. But if you watch closely, you'll see all of them wearing it in, in various settings as they give speeches or they go to symposiums put on by the World Economic Forum and so forth. Well, wh what's the inspiration of, for, for that? Where does it come from? It comes from something called the codon wheel or sometimes called the genetics wheel, which is basically uh, something that is used to help First of all, transliterate from DNA to RNA and then to uh, uh, go ultimately to proteins and amino acids. It's, it's a tool. It's almost like a, the table of the elements in chemistry. Uh, but that's their inspiration from it because their whole agenda is driven by genetic modification, weeding out the useless breathers, and you know, creating new genes by splicing, you know, mRNA technology into it that ultimately affects the proteins. You've heard a lot about spike proteins. Anybody heard that phrase ever since COVID? Okay, that's, that's what they're talking about, changing your, your DNA. Uh, back in 2009, uh, there was a secret meeting of billionaires in New York City uh, that was covered at once uh, reporters caught wind of it and leaked it out. Uh, by a lot of major networks, Good Morning America, Forbes, other mainstream print and TV news out outlets. In attendance, left to right, were Bill Gates, Ted Turner, George Soros, David Rockefeller, Michael Bloomberg, Oprah Winfrey, 
and Warren Buffett. Uh, Wall Street Journal uh, covered it, among others, billionaires trying to shrink the world's population. It was held at the home of Sir Paul Nurse, the president of Rockefeller University at the time. Uh, he uh, left the presidency in 2011. But the invitation to the private meeting was co-written by Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and David Rockefeller. And the purpose of it, they got a copy of the invitation, was to consider how they could use their wealth to slow the growth of the world's population. And Bill Gates, and this is kind of segueing us closer and closer into the next topic for tonight, of course, is on record at a TED Talk. You can still find this uh, if you go to YouTube or other media uh, you, uh, video sources. At a TED Talk, he said, quote, if we do a really good job with vaccines, we could lower the population growth by as much as 10 or 15 percent. Now, wait a minute. I mean, sometimes we hear things and we just sort of, they go right over our heads. Listen to what he said. If we do a good job with vaccines, we can lower the population growth. He even had a chart to show you. That's because they're putting sterilants in the vaccines in third world countries. They've even been sued and they've had to settle with major nations. Just look up the battle that he had with India. And, and how they kicked them out and said, we, don't, we didn't know you were doing that to our girls. We, we don't want you here. Yeah. I was going to say, in India, the rest of the story was his vaccines that he was allowed to utilize in there killed several hundred thousand people. Oh, yeah, several hundred thousand. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look that up. In India, his initiative, uh, you know, killed and sterilized tens of thousands of people. Right. Um, so here's uh, Bill Gates and George Soros. Uh, just recently, let's see if I have the date on this. Uh, it was this month, I th think, yeah, July 20th. Uh, you can see that. Oh, wow, you guys have good eyes. It's a lot smaller on my little screen. July 20th, a consortium backed by George Soros and Bill Gates has joined a buyout of Mologic, a COVID-19 testing company. The Soros Economic Development Fund, an arm of Soros's Open Society Foundations, confirmed in a July 19th statement that it has partnered with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, and uh, invested $41.1 million. You have to ask yourself why. Do they stand to gain from people testing positive for COVID? And also, what else have we heard about COVID testing in the news recently? We'll come back to that. Prince Philip famously said, um, he died, of course, uh, earlier this year. He said, in the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus in order to contribute something to solve overpopulation. This is in these guys' blood. This is their modus operandi. Their, their reason for existence is death. They love death just like the Bible says they would. They hate God and they love death. So we should not be surprised when we find out that they're doing things right in plain sight to accomplish their driving passion. Right. Now, uh, Deagle is a website that guys that are a lot smarter than me that kind of follow and track militaries around the world and military movements and involvements. Uh, guys like our own Randy up here who kind of keeps me informed of stuff and helps me interpret things that are, that are happening. Uh, their website is, is an excellent one to bookmark and keep an eye on. This particular page was there for a long time, 
but they've uh, since taken it down uh, inexplicably. But you can still find it on the archive uh, internet. There's a whole uh, internet archive that, that saves for some length of time every page that's ever put on the internet. So if you ever think something's been taken down, check there because you'll find it. Uh, but let me zoom in and show you what they were saying with no, without any explanation or footnote. They were saying that in the year, what was it, Randy, 2017, uh, the U.S. population was 327 million. They projected that by the year 2025, it would be 100 million. Where does that come from? I mean, how, what do they know that we don't, right? See, Jesus said that you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. What were the desires of their father? He was a, this is Jesus talking. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. So deception and death are two sides of the same coin with Satan. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He's a liar and the father of it. Uh, Jesus said also in John 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Talking about Satan. Peter tells us that, that Satan's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In the book of Revelation, uh, we, we, we read, And they had, had as a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, that means destruction, and in Greek is Apollyon, which means destroyer. At the midpoint of the tribulation, the bottomless pit's going to be opened up where many demons are being uh, held in prison right now, in, held in check. They're going to be released in that final three and a half year, year period before the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, and what are they going to do? Destroy. The, the, to destroy. The, he, he, the Satan goes around wanting to destroy. And again, as I said, it goes back to the garden. When uh, knowing the rules of the game and the warning that God had put forth about death, Satan, nevertheless, sought to bring death into the world. And the Bible tells us that ultimately, when all things are made new, what is the last enemy that will be destroyed? Death. <laughs> That's why Revelation says, uh, there shall be no more death. You know, Revelation 20 tells us at the end of the millennium, that death and Hades, death there personified as Satan, death and Hades are cast into the lake of fire. See, that's, that's why it's so important we understand the gospel that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, defeated death, hell, and the grave at Calvary. He paid our penalty for sin, but He made it so that we no longer have to die. We've passed, the Bible says, from death to life and shall never come into judgment. Period. So, But for those who are worshiping Satan and hate God... Death is what feeds their appetite. And again, when Christ comes back there and makes all things new, there shall be no more death. So with that backdrop about uh, the Luciferian agenda and eugenics and the desire to kill people, um, and much more could be said about that. We may get to it in a future session. We've got so many notes of topics that I want to cover uh, but we're right now focused on the World Economic Forum and their participation and what's going on in the driver's seat. But if we get back to it at some point, uh, I want to talk about how death relates to not just their hatred for humanity, but the satanic ritual abuse and the things that they do with blood and, and so forth, because that's part of worshiping Satan as well. And if you've never 
thought about that, then just read your Bible. Because we know, for according to the biblical record, they did that back in the ancient Near East. And depravity does not get better with time. The fact that we have a biblical example of them doing it in the past should tell us that it's probably worse now. Right? Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3.13, evil men and impostors grow worse and worse. So now let's get into the great satanic reset and this engineered pandemic. So... I've talked about this a lot through over the last year. I've done produced a lot of videos, spoken all across the country in different settings, churches and conferences about this. Uh, so we're going to try to touch on a lot of it, and then I'll bring in some new material and new things that have come up just recently. Um, but again, don't take my word for it. Do your own research. So let's start with the bare knuckles fact that is incontrovertible, undeniable, and not in dispute. The COVID-19 virus has an overall survivability rate globally of 99.8%, which, according to the official records, is on par with the seasonal flu. Let that sink in. You have to start there. Because what we're going to see is that these lying murderers that we've just been talking about who love Satan and hate God are, are basing everything they're doing on fear and false information. Uh, so uh, I'm not a necessarily a big Fox News fan, but I wanted to just cite somebody that maybe we would all relate to so that you don't think I'm just pulling this out of thin air. Uh, Laura Ingram said, flu cases are down by 95% between 2019 and 2020. The flu is being diagnosed as COVID-19, leading to fewer flu cases being recorded. So here's what happened uh, back uh, at the beginning of this. They started counting. And they started letting you know they were counting. They had tickers on every major network in the corner of the screen. And they started counting deaths. Now, had they done that in any other year with flu deaths, you would have seen the same numbers. But they didn't have an agenda then. They didn't have an orchestrated enemy that they needed to accomplish their goal. I was on uh, Christian Underground News Network Tuesday for a radio program. It's on our podcast channel if you want to listen to it. Just go to any podcast provider, uh, search for Not By Works Ministries, and you'll see it's, it's uh, well, before tonight, it was, uh, wow, was Tuesday just yesterday? Wow, man, it has been a long week. Um, we got into Oklahoma at 2 o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, got up and were at the conference all day, and then all day yesterday, and today, and today, and then got here today. So anyway, uh, my days are kind of mixed up, but, so that was yesterday, and so it'll be the most recent one until we post tonight's uh, message. But uh, in that, I talked about the Hegelian dialectic and how they, the Satanists have used that forever, uh, inspired, <coughs> inspired by George Wilhelm Hegel, a uh, philosopher, uh, where problem, reaction, solution, they've got to create a problem so they can usher in their solution. So they needed to manufacture a pandemic, and, and uh, what I'm going to tell you is it's not about the virus, it's about the vaccine. Let me say that again. It's not about the virus. It's about the vaccine. So what they did is they started testing people. Well, what were they using for the testament? Some of you in this uh, auditorium may have had a test. So you probably know it was a long uh, like Q-tip type thing swab that they would stick up in your nasal cavity. And that's how they would test. It's called the PCR test. Well, there were many, many whistleblowers throughout the last year on record saying this test does not work. In fact, we were just with Dr. Uh, Lee Merritt, and she talked about uh, how the instructions were 
uh, ignored that came with the, the test kits, and hospitals were told to not listen to the instructions, do it their own way, and there are all kinds of smoking gun evidence for the last year that these uh, tests were widely inaccurate, false positives by the hundreds. Uh, you know, there were examples where uh, medical installments would send off, you know, five or six boxes of the swabs unopened, never even been opened to be tested, and they'd all come back 100% positive for COVID, and they'd never even been opened. Um, so, and, and of course, the CDC at the time, no, 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 these are all conspiracy theorists, they're tinfoil hat people, nothing to see here, keep listening to us, trust us, we know what we're talking about. Well, guess what happened this week, for those who were paying attention? Buried quietly on a secondary page of Fox News and a few other news outlets, but the CDC quietly announced that it was withdrawing its request for the FDA emergency use authorization. A lot of people don't understand that that PCR test, like the experimental bioinjections, has never been approved by FDA. It was given emergency use authorization, EUA. So the tests themselves were also EUA. But they said, we, we'd like you to forget our request to have that approved because we, we've come to find out that the PCR test cannot distinguish between COVID and the flu. Well, that explains a lot. That explains why flu deaths were down, for example, to 646 by some counts, where the, when they're normally 80 to 120,000, and the COVID deaths were, you know, 100,000 or more. Uh, every, you know, posthumously, people died in a motorcycle accident. They stuck the swab up their nose. If they had COVID, they died of COVID. They needed the numbers. They needed the ticker to go up to instill fear so they could get people to go along with what they were saying. But you're not going to hear this reported widely on the mainstream news. So the COVID numbers were undeniably and verifiably inflated. As I said, you had all of these personal stories and you know, fake, you know, uh, Facebook stories and fake Twitter stories and these, you know, hired actors going to nursing homes and then that led other people to go to, you couldn't go see your grandma or grandpa, so they showed all this coverage of people standing outside the window crying, my poor grandma, and look, they could have done the same thing in 2019, except in 2019 they let you go in the nursing home, but guess what, people died, grandparents died, it's never it's never a good thing when someone dies. It's tragic. It's sad. We've all lost loved ones. We've all had parents or grandparents die. We've had others die of severe acute respiratory viruses. For many people, the immunocompromised and others that have a problem, it can be devastatingly deadly. You catch it, go like that. But you need to understand that the, the overall numbers are on par with every year. This was a orchestrated movie that they wanted people to watch. We're going to say more about that, but here's some pictures that we saw on mainstream media showing people. So again, it's not about the virus, it's about the vaccine. Psychologists have long said, uh, such as this guy, Robert Evans Jr. in Psychology Today, that there are many things that motivate us, but the most powerful motivator of all is fear, is fear. And they're controlling it. They're controlling it. This is just from this week. These are what's called bots. If you're familiar with the term a bot that goes out and automatically sends out stuff to your websites and web pages and Twitter and Facebook and so forth. This is a Twitter bot that many people uh, were getting and, and alert and awake, pe awake people sort of noticed it. But these 
people, we, we, who knows if they're even real, are sending out these things. Boy, I just left the ER, and we're officially back to getting crushed by COVID-19. The Delta variant is running rampant. The problem is they're all saying the exact same thing because they're not real. They're all a promotional, and that stirs the pot. People think because they saw it on their Facebook feed or their Twitter feed that it must be this thing is recurring. Oh, my goodness, the Delta variant, we're going to be in trouble. Whatever will we do? Kathleen Sebelius was, of course, uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services under Obama. And she uh, just recently, on July 20th, uh, said on CNN's Outfront that Americans who have not received a coronavirus vaccine should not be allowed to work or have any access to children. That's what she said. Why, do, why is the government on the CDC webpage tracking, quote, vaccine hesitancy by state and county? And why are they sending out people door to door as uh, this... Uh, a report in Mecklenburg. It's about 28 seconds details. Right now, though, talking about the COVID vaccine could be coming right to your doorstep. Starting today, the Mecklenburg County Health Department launched a new doses to doors program. Health department workers giving out shots right there at your front door. This is part of an urgent push to make getting vaccinated easy. And we can tell you this new program started this morning in West Charlotte. We knew a few people who took advantage of it. WCNC Charlotte's Chloe Leshner explains how this first day went. So doses to doors, an urgent rush to make getting vaccine vaccinated easy. See, they've got to instill fear. And that's the reason in the book of Revelation, prior to the seven-year tribulation, we see Jesus telling one of the churches, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Do not fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, let me ask you a question. If God didn't give us the spirit of fear, where did it come from? Who did? Only one other option. Satan. See, Jesus said, He who is not with me is against me. So if God didn't give us a spirit of fear, it comes from the devil. And these devil-worshipping Luciferian elite understand that they can get people to do what they want them to do if they instill fear in them. This is uh, Dr. William James, uh, James, father of American brain research, sometimes called father of psychology, but he's more rightly known as father of American brain research. There is nothing so absurd that if you repeat it long enough, people will believe it. And so... They continue to repeat this mantra over and over and over again, and they've got the media on their side, and they've got the health departments on their side, and state government officials on their side. And first thing you know, uh, as Voltaire said, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Right? So uh, let's talk about the conditioning and control aspect of the great satanic reset. Um, there is a uh, whole science called psychological warfare. The military has been using it for centuries. It's, it goes way, way, way back. Um, and, and Biderman's chart of coercion, which uh, was he came out in 1957, uh, sometimes called Biderman's Principles, was a table that he developed to illustrate the methods of Chinese and Korean torture on American POWs from the Korean War. And his chart lists eight chronological general methods of torture that will psychologically break an individual. Uh, 
And these, uh, as we're going to see, are actually still in use even by our own military. But what are these methods? Well, first of all, isolate. Isolate. Hmm. Okay. Monopolize perception, meaning control information. So as long as you're isolated in your house, let's make sure that 24-7 coverage is videos of nursing homes and hospitals and uh, doctors uh, talking about how terrible this is and governors giving press conferences, our own president giving a press conference every day for months. Uh, let's uh, put a little ticker in the corner talking about how many people are dying, not just in America, but worldwide because of SARS-CoV-2. Uh, it's a captive audience, right? Number three, induce debilitation and exhaustion. Do that in a number of ways. First of all, you're not getting any sun, so you're not getting any vitamin D. You're not getting any exercise. Um, you're wearing masks, which completely, uh, you know, reduces your CO2 and has all sorts of problems. Um, and then you threaten. Then you threaten. Sound familiar? You know? people in our own country. Now, let's just talk about America, because it was much worse, the tyrannical control mechanisms in many other countries, including our neighbors to the north, Canada. But uh, here, there were people that were fined, that were imprisoned, that were arrested for singing praises to God in the open air in the parking lot without a mask on. Right? And we've talked about that in my series as well. Uh, provide occasional indulgences, right? Well, we'll let you open up here, or we, you can go to here if you, only, if you don't sit too close to people, or you can do this, or we'll give you some money. I mean, we understand that this horrific pandemic that nearly destroyed the world has caused a lot of businesses to go under and a lot of families to struggle financially, so here's some money, right? I mean, this is textbook, textbook. Demonstrate omnipotence and omniscience, that is surveillance. Make sure they, that, you know, if you see something, say something. A lot of countries came up with apps where you could report people that were standing too close or not wearing a mask or whatever. Degrade and humiliate. That's what most of the arguments are. They censor the thousands, as we're going to see in a moment, literally hundreds of thousands worldwide of doctors, surgeons, physicians, pediatricians, virologists, scientists, you name it, uh, who, who are out on record saying, hey, this is nuts. This is nuts. Why aren't we using hydroxychloroquine? Why aren't we using ivermectin? It solves the problem. This is, this is you know, what's going on here? And that, now, you never heard them. They were censored. They even had, a, uh, uh, in America, a big demonstration on the steps of the Capitol. No major networks covered it. <laughs> and, and all they could do to anybody that even questioned the narrative is degrade and humiliate, ad hominem attacks. And then finally, enforce trivial demands. Enforce trivial demands. Make people stand in a circle because that circle is going to protect you from the virus. Make people wear masks where the masks, the smallest hole, microscopic hole in the mask is 50 times larger than the COVID virus. But do it. We, we want you to do it. New York Times had an article back in 2008 Show, remember all the hubbub about uh, Gitmo and all the torture that was going on there? Um, oh, I'm sorry, for Republicans, it was enhanced interrogation techniques. So let's just be fair. Uh, they they uh, have ex undercover, uh, uncovered and exposed that they were following Biderman's chart of coercion. 
They were just, it's a textbook. It's taught in the American War College. It's how you'd get confessions and how you get people to go along. So many people, uh, myself included, recognize that the so-called mask mandates were, and in many cases still are, a harbinger of much worse things to come, the experimental bio-injections. Because the physics and biology of viral respiratory disease proves masks can never work. I've talked about this uh, elsewhere. Uh, masks cause immune suppression, hypercapnia, decreased blood oxygen, bacterial pneumonia, dental problems. Uh, Dr. Lee Merritt, uh, really on the front lines of all this, uh, she's part of a group of doctors that, that is traveling the country trying to awaken people to this. We were just with her yesterday and this morning, in fact heard her speak uh, this morning. Uh, she's a, an accomplished MD, a spinal surgeon, former president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. And when a common senseless reporter asked her, what's the big deal, it's just a mask? <laughs> That was a wrong question for that reporter to ask. She said, quote, I'm a surgeon. I've been in a mask for 40 years of my life, and until now, until 2020, I've never heard that masks made a difference to viral transmission. This is a new narrative. I think this is a nonsense narrative. You don't need a medical degree or a lot of science to figure this out. A little common sense goes a long way. In fact, in my Spirit of the Antichrist series, number eight, or in fact, it's my next one here on the screen, number eight, I uh, actually give you several slides that show some of the hundreds of peer-reviewed medical and science journal articles that have said for 100 years that masks are useless against uh, viruses. And that's the reason that uh, JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, early on, because that's all they had. They hadn't had time to push through a bunch of new science and new you know, articles in the medical association journals. So all they had was what's on record for the last hundred years. So they pulled one, and here's what it said. Face masks should not be worn by healthy individuals to protect themselves from acquiring respiratory infection because there is no evidence to suggest that face masks worn by healthy individuals are effective in preventing people from becoming ill. That's the Journal of the American Medical Association, peer-reviewed. That's the reason early on Fauci was out there saying there's no reason for anyone in the United States with regard to a coronavirus to wear a mask. The Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, said in a tweet, or whatever this is, I don't know, I'm not big on uh, social media, but he said, seriously, people, stop buying masks. They are not effective in preventing the general public from catching coronavirus. Now, fast forward, and you've got the executive director of the CDC, the privately owned CDC. A lot of people don't know that. They think, like they think federal, the Federal Reserve is, is, is a government agency. It's not. It's privately owned. The CDC is not a government agency either. But anyway, they're the ones telling us what to do. And so here we are several months later, and listen to um, Dr. Redfield, I think is his name, who's the executive director of the CDC at a congressional hearing. I'm not going to comment directly about the president, but I am going to comment as the CDC director that uh, uh, face masks, these face masks, are the most important, powerful public health tool we have. And I will continue to appeal for all Americans, all individuals in our country, to embrace these face coverings. I've said it, if we did it for 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks, we'd bring this pandemic uh, under control. These actually, we have clear scientific evidence, they work. Clear scientific and evidence. And they are our best defense. 
I might even go so far as to say that this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than when I take a COVID vaccine. Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? Did you hear what he just said? In my Spirit of the Antichrist uh, video, I go back and at the time show you how many billions of dollars the U.S. government allocated to each of the pharmaceutical companies in Operation Warp Speed. Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca. Billions of dollars. And the CDC director just said, we don't need a vaccine. The mask is more effective at stopping COVID. Well, why don't we just buy a few hundred thousand dollars worth of these flimsy little masks? And just why are we spending billions of dollars on an experimental bioinjection? Because it's not about the virus. Uh, let, me, let me finish this just because he might say something else absurd. I can't remember. I'm not going to comment directly about the... Oh, come on. It didn't pick up where we left off. That this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than when I take a COVID vaccine because the immunogenicity may be 70%. And if I don't get an immune response, the vaccine is not going to protect me. This face mask will. So I do want to keep asking the American public to take the responsibility, particularly the 18 uh, to 25 year olds, where we're seeing the outbreak in America continue to go like this, because we haven't got the acceptance, the personal responsibility that we need for all Americans to embrace this face mask. So when the CDC completely contradicts what decades of scientific medical research and journal articles have said, as, and even what the Surgeon General said and what King Fauci said. When the CDC director says that, what you need to remember is that this is the same CDC in 1958 that says smoking does not cause cancer. And now they're telling you experimental bioinjections are safe and effective. One of the things that Dr. Merritt pointed out, which I thought was profound, is never trust a liar. Never trust a liar. I mean, the CDC is on record lying because it's not about the vaccine. It's about the, I mean, the virus, it's about the vaccine. By the way, late breaking news, which we may get into later, but something for you to check out, is the presence of graphene oxide in both the experimental bioinjections and the Chinese-made masks and how dangerous that is. A friend of mine sent me, he works at a large school, sent me from the janitorial closet a box, of, a picture of a box of masks that state clearly right on there, these have graphene oxide, this could be dangerous to your health, don't do the, wear them while doing this and this, that kind of stuff. So just kind of watch, that's probably going to come up uh, at some point. So, you know, which is it? You know, are they, are they safe? Are they not safe? What's the new science? Just this week, I don't know if I, I may be getting ahead of myself, we may have a slide on it, but just this week, the CDC announced, and I read the CNN uh, reporting of it, that based on new science, we now feel like you know everybody has to wear a mask, whether you've been vaccinated or not. Well, if you can just shift the, the moving target anytime you want to accomplish your ends, what do we believe? It's called being double-minded. And God says, I hate the double-minded because it's not about the virus. It's about control. It's about controlling our children, teaching our children to social distance and stand in circles. Um, 
they did a study not too long ago in which they uh, filmed in a playroom a child who was there by themselves and they had you know a camera or a two-way glass or something where you could see it and already after only a year this young child by herself in the playroom was social distancing from her toys because children are growing up not being able to see people's faces not being able to see expressions not being able to know when someone is smiling you know nonverbals are a huge part of communication as you know the American Academy of Pediatrics came out just last week and uh, says that all children two years and above should wear masks even if they've been vaccinated I mean you can't make this stuff up now um, the American Academy of Pediatrics, many school districts across the country are, and the CDC, by the way, has followed the AAP's guidelines now or suggestion, and many schools are following the, you know, CDC's guidelines, right? And uh, and they they say, oh, it's, it's because they said so. You know, we got it. We got to do this. Well, if you go to the American Academy of Pediatrics website and you click on about and you click on who their supporters are. Where do they get their funding from? Who funds the AAP? First one listed, Pfizer. <laughs> Big Pharma. Big Pharma. Um, again, you see this covered in a variety of different news things. All right, real quick, we've got about 20 minutes left or so. Uh, let me go through incontrovertible proof that the COVID-1984, I call it. I can call it that now because I've already laid out the case uh, for the most part. But I want to show you that this is, was a pre-planned global agenda. Uh, and I've got about 16 pieces of evidence. Sur surely some of them will resonate with, with everybody. Uh, num number one, and I mentioned this earlier, hundreds of thousands of medical doctors have rejected the government's COVID narrative. For example, a group of medical doctors in Germany called Doctors for Information made this statement in a press conference. The corona panic is a play. It's a scam, a swindle. It's high time we understood that we're in the midst of a global crime. This uh, large group of medical experts publishes a medical newspaper that so far has more than 500,000 copies in circulation in the UK. It's a massive, uh, you know, attempt to uh, expose the truth, expose the public to the truth. They've held um, mass protests in Europe. Uh, here's one, uh, there was one August 29th where 12 million people signed up to watch the speakers by live stream and, 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 and millions of others actually showed up. Um, so why do these hundreds and thousands of medical doctors say the pandemic is a global crime? Are they all just stupid? Or is this like, you know, all the dumb doctors in the world got together in one place? Or maybe they know something that we don't. In Spain, a similar group, hundreds of doctors called Doctors for Truth got together. And they said COVID-19 is a false pandemic created for political purposes. This is a world dictatorship with a sanitary excuse. We urge doctors, the media, and political authorities to stop this criminal operation by spreading the truth. And of course, everybody knows of America's frontline doctors and Dr. Simone Gold. They held a, a big uh, protest in uh, July of last year to combat the misinformation 
and uh, and but it wasn't covered. They said, "quote American life has fallen casualty to a massive disinformation campaign. If Americans continue to let so-called experts and media personalities make make their decisions, the great American experiment of a constitutional republic with representative democracy will cease." Uh, Simone Gold uh, is a board-certified emergency physician and author of the best-selling book, I Do Not Consent, My Fight Against Medical Cancel Culture. I mean, this is she's credentialed to the hilt. Um, and uh, she leads America's frontline uh, doctors, like some of you, perhaps, and if not, you should be. We've uh, done telemed appointments with doctors affiliated with America's frontline doctors and gotten hydroxychloroquine to have prophylactically in case we get the flu. <laughs> Um, here's Peter McCullough. I mean, um, is this guy just another one of the dumb doctors? He's professor of medicine and vice chief of internal medicine at Baylor University. He also teaches at Texas A&M University, one of the most widely cited physicians in the world. Here you see a picture of him appearing on C-SPAN, appearing before uh, Congress or Senate. Um, and uh, he says that by the end of the first six months of mass inoculations in 2021, the vaccine death rate had climbed to 10 times higher than the actual published number. And we're going to come back to that. By the way, if you've not watched the movie Plandemic, uh, you need to watch it. Over 27,000, at last count, medical doctors in the United States of America have signed a petition in support of the conclusions of Plandemic. Are all 27,000 of those doctors lying or just dumb? Or Carrie Madej? Uh, Look up her video, Human 2.0. She directed two large clinics in Georgia, uh, and and uh, and she's exposed a lot of this uh, nonsense. Now I want to take you back before we move on to uh, 1970 and a book by Zbigniew Brzezinski uh, called Between Two Ages. So this is 1970, so that's 50 years ago. Brzezinski, by the way, just died in 2017. He was a leading Luciferian globalist that worked in all administrations from LBJ to Reagan and everybody in between. Uh, he's highly influential in world uh, policy. Uh, he was tapped by David Rockefeller to be the first director of the Trilateral Commission. I mean, this guy's in it neck deep, or was. And here's what he said, and this was in 20. Seven, and this was in his book in 1970, Between Two Ages. The technotronic era involves the gradual appearance of a more controlled society. Such a society would be dominated by an elite unrestrained by traditional values, and what he's talking about in context there is values of liberty and freedom. He goes on to say, Soon it will be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen and maintain up-to-date complete files containing even the most personal information about the citizen. These files will be subject to instantaneous retrieval by the authorities. Shortly, he says, the public will be unable to reason or think for themselves. They'll only be able to parrot the information they've been given on the previous night's news. Persisting social crisis... Watch this, the emergence of a charismatic personality and the exploitation of mass media to obtain public confidence would be the stepping stones in the piecemeal transformation of the United States into a highly controlled society. This was part of the CFR's plan. This was part of uh, things that they come up with at secret meetings at Bohemian Grove and Bilderberg and some of the other meetings that we talk about in Spirit of the Antichrist. And now fast forward to 2017, the year he died, and just before he died, he said this in an interview. Quote, Today it is infinitely easier to kill one million people than to control one million people. 
See, they hate life and they hate America. America is the one nation standing in their way of ushering in the satanic one world system. Why? Because we're built on biblical Christian principles. We love freedom. We have a powerful constitution that is, of course, being shredded as fast as they can. But we have, we have guns. We're armed, uh, unlike any other nation. They cannot bring in the one world system until they destroy America first. What does he know that we don't? What would make this global Luciferian elite guy say, today it's infinitely easier to kill one million people than to control one million people. And of course, don't forget, they're telling us, whatever you do, don't do your own research. Just trust us. Trust the media. We already know how compromised they are. Trust the election results. Trust the government. Trust the CDC. Trust the medical industry. Trust Big Pharma. Whatever you do, don't do your own research. So to me, one of the biggest smoking guns is that there are tens of thousands of doctors that you never hear about, hundreds of thousands globally, that see right through this. So when they tell you, when CNN or Fox News tell you the science is settled, there's no debate, this is a pandemic, and you've got to take this experimental injection to solve the problem, they're not telling you the truth. They're not telling you the truth. Another smoking gun, number two, is proven treatments of the SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, were suppressed. You saw this all over the news. Even President Trump was talking about it. Many of these thousands of doctors are on record saying a simple dose of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin covers you know, 90% or more of these cases. Here's a, a study that had several um, controlled, uh, randomized controlled trials that showed that er with early treatment, there was an 82% improvement, late treatment, a 45% improvement, and when used as prophylaxis, a 90% improvement. And yet the government wouldn't let us use it. Why not? Number three, the Rockefeller Foundation spelled out the exact COVID-19 scenario 10 years before it happened. I talk about this again in my Spirit of the Antichrist uh, number eight, the video number eight. But the 2010 pandemic is described in horrifying detail in the scenario for the future, published in May 2010 by the Rockefeller Foundation. Again, you can hear more about this in my uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, but in under basically they laid out four scenarios that could you know change the world, and one of them was a world of tighter top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership brought on by a viral pandemic, uh, and uh, they even you know had uh, all kinds of suggested things that it's like what we saw happen in 2020 was reading from their. A playbook. This is what they said again. This was in 2010. During the pandemic, national leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions from the mandatory weaning, uh, wearing of face masks. This was 10 years before COVID. To body temperature checks at the entries to communal spaces like train stations and supermarkets. Even after the pandemic faded, the more authoritarian control and oversight of the citizens and their activities stuck and even intensified. This heightened oversight took many forms, biometric IDs, and tighter regulation of key industries. Uh, they came out in 20, I think it was 17, with a, you know, the next, you know, document, National COVID-19 Testing Action, or this was, this was in 2020, National COVID-19 Testing Action Plan. Here's what we need to do uh, from now on. And they said, digital apps and privacy-protected tracking software should be widely used to enable more complete contact tracking in order to fully control the COVID-19 pandemic. We need to test the majority of the population on a weekly 
basis. They've been talking about this from the beginning of the pandemic. Here's a January uh, 2019 article from uh, Time. Uh, that was before the pandemic, but it says, "Move your move, humans, move over. And then a year later, two years later, rather, 2021 in February, Time is talking about what? Destination 2030. Because by that time, they'd already rolled out the unfreezing event that was going to help them accomplish their 2030 goal. And by the way, look who's listed here. Uh, and, and the articles, the cover articles, 10 years to change the world from February 2021 when this issue came out until 2030. And of course, the ubiquitous Bill Gates is listed right there on the cover. Number four, uh, this method for testing COVID-19, would you look at this, patented in 2015. Patented in 2015. Why were they calling COVID, why were they patenting means of testing COVID-19 five years before the pandemic? I don't know. Millions of COVID-19 tests, number five, were sold in 2017 and 18. Uh, this is a big logistics company, and you can, you, you know, again, do your own research, but literally millions, two years before COVID-19, hundreds of millions of test kits for COVID-19 were distributed worldwide. Uh, you know, you can see them listed here uh, by country in 2017. COVID-19 diagnostic test. COVID-19 diagnostic test. 2017, Anthony Fauci guaranteed there would be a global pandemic during Trump's first term. He said in the next two years, there will be a surprise outbreak. There's no doubt in anyone's mind about this. No doubt in any of the Luciferian global elite's mind, that's for sure. Um, 2018, Bill and Melinda Gates guaranteed an imminent global pandemic. They said a global pandemic is on its way. An engineered virus is humanity's greatest threat. This will happen in the next decade. What did they know that we don't know? And by the way, when they talk about needing to, uh, this slide's a little out of order, but I, was, I'm lucky that as many of them are as in order as there are. But this slide shows you when they talk about how overpopulated the earth is and how we need to you know, kill people to make room, you know, just look at that slide. The, the lighted areas are basically the areas where there's dense population. Uh, but anyway, number, number eight in 2018, the Institute for Disease Modeling made a video. This was in 2018 in which they show a flu virus originating in Wuhan, China, developing into a global pandemic. And they had simulations and everything, right? Well, what did they know that we don't know? Just a coincidence? There are no coincidences. In number nine, 2019, six months before the pandemic, Bill Gates negotiated a $100 billion contact tracing bill with the U.S. Congress. Some of you may have heard of this. Um, Representative Bobby L. Rush, a Democrat from Illinois, uh, it introduced H.R. 6666, a contact tracing bill that they talked about on a private meeting. I think it was in some other country, South America, if I remember the details right, but you can read about it, where Bill Gates and this congressman flew together and he whined and nine him and he said, I, you know, you need this contact tracing equipment. We can pr pr produce it for you. We'll, we'll do $100 billion. And they shook on it and lo and behold, it becomes a reality. Here's Andrew Cuomo saying, hundreds and hundreds of control agents must be appointed. They test everyone and then check all their contacts. This has never been done before on this scale. This is an army of interrogators who will check everyone's contacts. Number 10, in September 2019, the Global Preparedness Monitoring Board announced, quote, get ready for a global coronavirus pandemic. September 2019. When did the 
COVID crisis hit, well, allegedly it was released in China in November of 2020, I mean of 2019, and then it didn't reach the U.S. until early 2020. This was in September of 2019. You can read uh, their documents. Get ready. There's a coronavirus. It's going it's, to, what did they know, right? Number 11, Bill Gates organized an exercise one month before the Wuhan break called Event 2001. I talk about that at length in my other video series, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with that. Uh, in December 2019, Bill Gates tweeted that the next year is going to bring a boon to the vaccine industry. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it, if it weren't so sad, it would be funny. What's next for our foundation? Well, I'm particularly excited about what the next year could mean for one of the best buys in global health, vaccines. And then whatever his emoji there is, I think he meant to, to, to have a wink. Wink, wink. You know, my suggestion, invest in vaccines because it's going to be a boon. That was in... December of 2019. A whistleblower admits the virus was an engineered was engineered to be a bioweapon. Uh, number 13, this is uh, uh, Tucker Carlson uh, talking to um, a whistleblower about how one of the world's leading experts, Fran, uh, Fran, Dr. Francis Boyle, a bioweapons expert, uh, talks about how it was it was released from the Wuhan lab. Number 14, so, so in other words, this was not just an organic, accidental, naturally occurring cold virus that was much worse than usual and caught us all off guard. So it was engineered and intentionally released. Uh, in 2015, Anthony Fauci gave the very lab in Wuhan from which the virus originated $3.7 million for gain-of-function research. In 2019, oops, he did it again, another $3.7 million grant. For those of you keeping score, that's nearly $7.5 million for the very lab in Wuhan from which the virus originated. Uh, Tucker Carlson's been really hitting this topic uh, hard. Um, uh, other outlets are reporting about it as well. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, here's the lab that's in question. I'm sure you've seen pictures of it right there, the Wuhan lab. Uh, France warned, by the way, back in 2015 about the Wuhan lab that it helped build. Uh, you know, according to a COVID-19 investigator. In the last week, you've seen many uh, toe-to-toes between Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky and Fauci as he drills him on the fact that he violated the law and funded gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function, I'm sure you know, is, is where they try to take a vaccine, I mean a virus, and uh, make it so that it will uh, jump to humans. It will be, that humans can catch it, and that's what they were doing for for a bio, creating it for a bioweapon, and it's on record. He's got the documents to show, and yet uh, you just don't. Nothing ever really comes of it. Number fifteen. Experts on the Luciferian elite, as well as other insiders, have been warning of this precise scenario for years. For example, in 2018, Dutch author. And investigator Robin de Reuter predicted that there would be a global lockdown that would be come from a virus, and the purpose would be uh, to create a new world of authoritarian control. 2008. Now, how did he know that? Same way I know it by looking at their own documents, reading what they're saying, going way, way, way back, understanding leaked white papers and documents from their secret meetings, right? In 2014, investigative journalist Harry Vox predicted a planned global pandemic and said why the ruling class would do such a thing, because they will stop at nothing to complete their toolkit of control. Quote, 
One of the things that has been missing from their toolkit is quarantines and curfews, right? That was in 2014. Here's Anthony Patch, investigative journalist, uh, who did years of research concerning plans to control the world by means of a created pandemic. And during an interview in 2014, he predicted this, quote, they will re this was 2014, they will release a man-made coronavirus. As a result, the people will demand a vaccine to protect them. Hegelian dialectic. This vaccine will add a third strain of DNA to a person's body, essentially making them a hybrid. It's exactly what Moderna does. Exactly. He goes on, once a person is injected, almost immediately their DNA undergoes a transformation. This genetic change will cause people to lose their ability to think for themselves without them even being aware of what happened. Thus, they can be controlled easier to become slaves of the elite. Now, was he nuts? Maybe. Everybody thought he was at the time. But is this just a coincidence that all these investigative reporters and people that study the global elite had data or to, to, to suggest this? And the last one, predictive programming. I uh, save this for last because it's probably the least powerful, but for guys like me that understand the satanic credo of they must tell you what they're going to do before they do it, and they usually hide it in plain sight, uh, this to me is probably one of the most compelling. Uh, you can always look back and you can find examples prior to some global event where they told you, yeah, this was going to happen. And it's usually in a book or a novel or a movie in Hollywood, but it has the precise scenario uh, of... Uh, uh, of what happened. Um, so here is a movie uh, that uh, was released in September of 2020, but of course they have to produce the movie and do all the filming and the funding and all that for years ahead of time, but it was timed to re be released on Amazon Prime in September of the last year. And uh, it stars John Cusack, and it's a perfect example of that Luciferian credo I just mentioned where they got to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. The plot, I'm going to show you about a two-minute clip here. The plot of this episode is about a vaccine that is used to kill millions of people and sterilize others in order to reduce the world's population to 500,000 because of fears over overpopulation and starvation. And you'll see a reference in this clip to eugenics. Watch for it. And also note the statement, quote, the change is permanent and hereditary. Here we go. I've done so many terrible things. But what we are doing is right. Did you, did you just say right? Brown people, white people, Jews. I assume you're referring to Carver's supposed paper on eugenics. But Carver was misunderstood. Yeah. Just like Hitler. He wasn't talking about race. He was talking about survival. We've now passed seven billion on this planet. When I was born, it was a little over two. Food prices rising, oil is ending. When our resources end in 20 years, given everything that we know of our species, do you really think we're going to just share? So your answer to that is some kind of genocide? No, it is not. It is not genocide. Our answer to this is Janus. Janus consists of a protein and an amino acid, independently of each other, they're harmless. But when they're brought together in the subject, they act as a genetic trigger that prevents chromosomal division. The cell targeted can no longer replicate itself and is thereby rendered useless. The change is permanent and hereditary. And um, which cells are targeted? Those 
a controlled fertility, Becky. The purpose of Janus is to sterilize. The purpose of Janus is to sterilize the entire human race. So there you go. So again, does that prove anything? No, not at all. But I think with 16 things that I've shown you, I think it should be self-evident that whatever's going on with COVID, it was a pre-planned global agenda, not organic. So we're out of time for tonight, but I hope I've set the stage for what I hope you'll come back again next week or tune in again next week for the details, horrifying details of this experimental bioinjection and from reputable doctors, surgeons, virologists, scientists, people that are sounding the alarm. We're going to talk about uh, the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. That information will blow you away. I'll have to update it again because I had updated it a week ago, then I updated it for tonight, and um, by next week it'll, it'll change even more, and it's uh, pretty scary. So um, I said we'd go till 7.30. We've got a couple of minutes. Any questions, one or two questions before we... Dismiss. Yeah. What a great question. So I'll repeat the question in light in in the uh, regarding uh, predictive programming. What might the Luciferian elites be warning of now or exposing now that be coming down the road? That's the million dollar question. Like you can never. You, you never really know till you look back. People try to guess, they try to look, but it, it's really difficult to say. But let me give you another couple of quick examples. You remember how after 9-11, Condi Rice and W and all those were up there on national TV saying, nobody could have ever seen this coming. Well, one year earlier, the pilot episode of um, The Lone Gunman, which was a spinoff of The X-Files, the whole plot was Muslim terrorists hijacking American commercial aircraft to fly them into the Twin Towers. And it aired on NBC in America. But nobody could have seen this coming, right? Uh, or, remember the Oklahoma City bombing? This one gets even weirder. They like to play games. They love symbolism. We're going to get to some of that. Uh, they love symbolism. But the Oklahoma City bombing, the governor of Oklahoma at the time was Governor Keating, um, and uh, they, his brother, I forget his first name, uh, but his brother had written a novel before the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, it's still available on Amazon. Uh, the plot of the novel was about a, a white supremacist named Thomas McVeigh. Thomas McVeigh, that was the name of the character in the novel, who blew up a federal building in Oklahoma City. And when people started saying, what in the world is this guy a prophet? Or, and he was asked about it on TV, he said, yeah, what are the odds? You know, just an unbelievable coincidence. You know? So, you know, but if you know anything about the Keating name and their connection to longtime globalists, you know. So I could go on and on and on about predictive programming, but uh, it's just, it's not to something that you really can tell, tell until after it happens. Yeah. Are you asking that or? I, I read that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the question or the comment, which is exactly right, is that the, 
the, the powers that be, the Luciferian elite that pull the strings, control the narratives. They do. They, they have offices in Hollywood. By the way, Hollywood, the name Hollywood comes from the holly tree, which was what witches used branches from the holly tree to perform their spells and cast spells. So Hollywood has a long history of being a seat of Satanism. But yeah, the CIA has an office in Hollywood uh, that approves scripts. Uh, it's a far easier to influence widely books and you know, all of the all of the publishing companies in New York are owned by Luciferian companies. So it's far easier to control it than one might think. Yeah. Yeah, so she said that one of the things we're seeing uh, kind of coming down the pike is the next lockdown. There's no question that's coming. But I see that just from the normal chatter and the propaganda and the way the trajectory is going. And I track every day the news accounts, and I'm, I can, I can kind of just tell you. I'm not a prophet. I could be wrong. But I really think that's what they're heading for. But that's not, technically speaking, predictive programming. Predictive programming is, you know, a Simpsons episode or whatever that has nothing to do, you know, with any of this. Uh, and, uh, and yet they know, those that know what's coming, they sort of insert it. Like the Microsoft programmers who put weird messages in their coding of Windows, you know, and, and someone would find it and they'd say, if you type this key, this key, and this key, and some message comes up, it's like, it's a secret that they know why they wrote it into the script, but no one else does until after it happens. That's, that's strictly speaking, predictive programming. But they're definitely sounding the alarm that something's yeah, and so that's the question. That's the reason that I felt such a sense of urgency. It's the reason I feel I have a duty to, to teach and preach people what needs to be heard, not what they want to hear. If you have itching ears and you want to hear something else, there's plenty of churches you can go to get some pep talks, okay? Uh, but on Sundays, we're going to teach through a book of the Bible in our worship service. We're going to do the theological study in our 9 o'clock service. And on Wednesdays, until I feel the burden lifted, or Jesus comes, or something happens, I'm going to continue to sound the alarm about the world as it really exists, what in the world's going on, and how we need to be, uh, you know, prepared for that. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot, a lot happening. I really believe that they, they, I don't know because I'm not a prophet. I don't know if this is the end game, strictly speaking, or if it's just the prelude to it. But as I said at the beginning of last week and this week, I realize, I really believe we're on the brink of a major shift and we know that's what they want so the question is is God gonna allow it in his sovereignty and is there anything we as Americans can do and Christians to delay it and stop it yeah just to know if you do a search on talking about the, the kickback to stop truth from getting out you look up the pandemic on YouTube seven out of nine the first things that come up are all attacking it. yeah yeah, that censorship, which we've gotten into uh, in other, in my spirit of the Antichrist, you know, why, why suddenly have we started censoring, right? Because they, they know the truth's getting out. And when, there's, when they can't defeat the premise logically and through good, sound logic and argumentation, they just censor it. You know, and, and why? Why? I mean, if these hundreds of thousands of doctors are all wrong or dumb, fine. Let them stand on their own two feet. Let's have a healthy debate about it. But the fact that they're censoring it shows they're afraid of it. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's kind of a two-part question. But 
And should we assume that one of the reasons that they're pushing for those that are, have COVID-19 and have a natural immunity still get the COVID-19 injection? And what about the booster shot in conjunction with that? Yeah, so I'm going to get into this next week in much greater detail, but just to wet your, and I've got a lot I want to talk, I'm going to go back to the World Economic Forum again and show you some quotes from them on what they're doing with gene splicing and what their uh, plan is, but here's the, just to, I'll, I'll come back to this next week, so pretend like you haven't seen this, but it's nothing you don't already know, but here's the official narrative of COVID-19. According to the CDC, if you get the vaccine, number one, you can still get COVID. We listened to some CDC uh, Zoom meetings today that said that. Un unapolog oh, absolutely, you can still get COVID. But if it won't you, kill you. Huh? What's that? It won't kill you. Right. <laughs> the vaccine will. The vaccine will. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, that's what the VAR system is all about. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that. You must still wear a mask. You must still social distance. You must get boosters or have multiple, you know, you know, vaccines. And, as we now know, it may cause serious injury or death. I mean, that's, that's not a fact in dispute. And all of this is for a flu-like respiratory illness with a 99.8% survivability rate. What's the upside? That's what I want to know. What's the upside? Why? Given their own narrative... Uh, most of you know, well, I don't want to get too much ahead of ourselves because there's so much I could say. I'm going to show you some video clips of the CDC. I'm going to give you all the, the evidence of the deaths and injuries that have come from the vaccine. Um, but as I mentioned yesterday on the radio program, the, uh, in the 13 and a half years from 07 up until November 30th, of last year, which was the last month before the COVID vaccine came out, it was first available in December of last year, if you remember. For that 13 and a half years, the total number of deaths reported to the CDC's Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System was 3,001 for all vaccines of any kind, all the childhood vaccines and all that. And if you don't know what VAERS is, I'm going to explain that next week. But starting December 1st, 2020, through July 20, July 19th, so what's that, nine days ago, of this year, so eight months, in that eight-month period, just from the three COVID vaccines alone, Johnson Johnson, Pfizer, and Moderna, there have been officially, from the CDC's own reporting system, 13,000 deaths. Four times as many as in, in the last 13 years combined from just the, the one virus vaccine. So, and then there's other whistleblowers. A lawsuit was just filed last week uh, by an attorney for America's Frontline Doctors who has a whistleblower who has signed an uh, affidavit under threat of perjury. She'll go to jail if she's proven wrong uh, and has leaked out documents. She's obviously quit from the CDC, but showing that the real number from the CDC's own tabulation is actually 45,000. And then I'm going to show you next week that Harvard put out a study in 2011 commissioned by the CDC to find out how many of adverse events such as death, it's pretty adverse, uh, are being actually reported because VAERS is a voluntary system, right? And their study showed that, quote, less than 1% of actual adverse events from vaccines are reported. 
So, and if the CDC is saying 45,000, we don't know how many there really are. They're doing just the opposite of what they did with COVID. With COVID, if you had a heart attack or pneumonia or some kind of other respiratory problem, any other things that, that are very serious and dangerous and cause death, uh, they labeled it COVID. This time, if you have a blood clot in the brain or you have a severe case of Guillain-Barre or you have uh, myocarditis or you have other aneurysms and things like that, all of which are side effects from these vac the COVID vaccines, they're saying, oh, you died of myocarditis, you died of this, you died. they're not wanting to label it an adverse event. So again, these aren't my numbers, these are official numbers, and then there's other numbers from people that are kind of blowing the whistle. But, uh, but so the point is, what's the upside? I, I don't understand it. And why, why the push? Why are they giving away millions of dollars to people, like a lottery if you do it, and you know, you get this and you get a free bowl of soup, or you know, you come here today and it's, uh, they do it in all the states. Why the push? Why the push? Why the push? Because it's not about the virus, it's about the vaccine. If anybody needs to leave, you can leave, but I'm happy to answer any more questions. Anybody? Yeah. I, I hate to admit this, but I thought the CDC was a federal agency. Right. Nope. Okay. Nope. I know about that. Yeah. However, in their logo, it, it includes Department of Health and uh, Human Services. I yeah. A, they work together. Absolutely, they so work kind together. Of leads you down the road. Absolutely. So does the Federal Express, you know, Federal uh, Reserve. They have an office right down in Washington, D.C., and they have a lot of, the president gets to appoint the chair of the Federal Reserve, at least ostensibly, but it's really chosen behind closed doors. But so, so yeah, there's a lot of crossover and a lot, but technically they're not taxpayer funded. They're a private organization. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, that, the, the, and that wasn't just Colorado. So the comment was that the CDC was caught changing the numbers on the VAERS system. They claimed there was some computational error. Well, that, I mean, these numbers have been tracked weekly every Friday for the last eight months. And you're telling me they just now noticed, oh, wait a minute. And it, it coincided with this lawsuit that was filed. So of course they're going to do it. So no, that's all false. Yeah. 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 Again, this is the same organization that assured you smoking does not cause cancer. Why would we believe a liar? Okay. There's an agenda there. Uh, did you have a hand? No. Yeah. I always question where did Fauci come from? Because back years ago, it was always the Surgeon General would come out and be the spokesperson for, you know, where did, where did that switch take? Yeah, so Fauci's been doing this for 40 years, and um, as Dr. Merritt explained, he's not the top dog. He's, she likened it into, in the mafia, the bag man. He's the guy that gives out the money, and he's got a lot of power and a lot of control to implement the agenda, but Francis, was it Collins, is the director of the NIH, anyway, you can look it up on their website. The, the top dog at the NIH is uh, someone else. And, you know, you never see him. 
you never see him in the front line. So Fauci's like the face man, the, and he's very powerful for sure, but he's not the top dog. So. What's that? Oh, I'm sure he's the highest paid. Plus, he makes all these deals. You know. Yeah. 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 Oh, with no question. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing this for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah, and Judy Mikovits, Dr. Judy Mikovits, is the one who um, <clears throat> has really exposed a lot of Fauci's involvement in the whole AIDS scandal and HIV scandal. Uh, and that movie Plandemic gets into some of that. Mikovits was raided, imprisoned, without access to an attorney and all that. And uh, so, yeah, it's a harrowing story. But, yeah, they don't like it when people... Uh, tell the truth. They don't like it, you know. My dad asked me to text or emailed me the, this afternoon <clears throat> on our drive home and asked me if I was going to wear a bulletproof vest tonight, <laughs> um, you know, because these are not things that they want to say. Now, we some time ago got away from YouTube and we host all of our own stuff now. So, I mean, unless they take down my website, I mean, they can always do that. But uh, I, I don't have anything to gain from this. I mean, it'd be easier for me to you know, just do nothing. But I, been, I've been going down this road for 15 years, and I'm just passionate about it. I love you guys. I love everyone here. I love our Not By Works constituents, and I want people to see the truth for what it is. I can't, you know, tell you what to do, you know. There are people, I have a lot of friends and family that for personal reasons, because of external pressures and weighty decisions that they have to make, decide to get the vaccine. You know, that's a personal decision, right? Um, you, but you better decide where that line is because at some point you may be forced to make a decision. But if you had to travel, uh, we were talking to someone, a, a dear friend who wanted to see their parents in another country, and they, they said, I know I can't cross the border if I'm not vaccinated. And I wasn't willing to not ever see my parents again, they said. I, I, I appreciate that. I'm not judging them you got to make your own choice. But I tell you, when you hear the facts about this next week, and I'm going to give you, by the way, uh, some resources for vaccine remorse um, because this has become such a big deal. You know the reason that Biden didn't reach his goal of 70% by July 4th? You know the reason? They're not telling you this, but the reason is because many people who got the first dose had such horrific experiences that they said, I'm not getting the second one. That's why you'll always hear them talk about, well, so many have at least gotten one dose, but then there's a fully vaccinated is a different number. And right now, the total number of fully vaccinated in America is 47% in that neighborhood, depending on who you talk to. Why? People are waking up. I mean, uh, so, so that's why I believe you're right, whoever made the comment over here, that if, in fact, this is their end game, they're not going to be defeated. They're going to continue to do something. And now you're hearing all this talk about the Delta variant. Well, let me tell you what the Delta variant is. And this is what many doctors are saying. This is what Dr. Merritt said. Uh, and I only mention her because I've been following her for a long time. We just happened to be with her. But uh, whenever you hear Delta variant, think vaccine adverse effects. You know, I'm going to show you stats from countries all over the world who their ministers of health are coming out and saying 60% of our hospitalizations for COVID are vaccinated. 70%, 90% are vaccinated. Why? 
It's not the delta variant. That's just a red herring. All right, last question. So considering all the, uh, you know, COVID flu swap comorbidities in PCR and stuff, do you think that there is a virus that is a bioweapon out there, or do you think it's just, or do you, like that side of the, the uh, conspiracy theories, or do you just think that it's, so the question is, is there really a virus or are they just relabeling uh, the flu? It's both and. There is really an engineered bioweapon. We know that. I'm going to give you the facts about that next week. We know where the research originated. We know where it was funded. We know where it came from. There's no question. I mean, they're right when they call it the CCP virus, right? The Trump virus. I mean, the, the Communist Chinese Party virus, right? So it's the CCP virus. It's the Trump vaccine. Okay, let's be real. Let's be honest. Trump's the one that hired the director of Eli Lilly to run his HHS and the chairman of the board of Moderna to run Operation Warp Speed. And he's the one still to this day, I heard him this week out, bragging about how you know Biden's taking credit for this vaccine. I'm the one that launched the vaccine. So if it's the CCP virus, it's the Trump vaccine. Let's just be real. But anyway, um, there is a real virus. And for some people in places like Wuhan, New York, and other two or three other localities, it really was particularly deadly, and it, it, it caused a problem. Um, so I'm not saying there's not a virus. It's bad, and, and, and I don't want to get the flu either. So uh, let's, let's uh, leave it at that. So, yeah. Well, Fauci funded the lab twice. Right. And it's the research is one with a, a, an adversary, and they're that they're very us, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're in competition with us. So the Chinese. Getting, yeah, so he's taking all this, but Wuhan, the lab itself, is downstream from the failing Three Gorges Dam. So yep. if, they, if that dam breaks, Wuhan will be, and whatever they're working on yeah. will be released. Well, the Chinese media tells us the Three Gorge Dam is, is still okay, and they would never lie. Right. So, um, so the takeaway, the biggest takeaway that you should have gotten from tonight, and again, this was breaking news just a couple days ago, was the fact that the PCR test on which everything else was based was fake. It was not accurate. So that's the same thing as the Gulf of Tonkin incident that led to 60 million people being killed in Vietnam. Fifty years later, they come out and say, oh, by the way, we made the whole thing up with declassifying the, the U.S. documents. It never happened. It was fake. They needed a uh, reason to get America into the Vietnam War, and so they faked it. So this, the, to me, the PCR news of this week is like the Gulf of Tonkin incident, and everybody ought to be standing up and saying, what? You kept my kids out of school. You shut down my business. You did all because you said there were hundreds of thousands of people dying with COVID, and now you're telling me we don't really know what they died from. Yeah. Oh, sure, Chapel Hill and Fort Detrick. Yeah, the comment was there's some number, possibly as many as 17 gain-of-function labs. Look, the elite and militaries, legitimate militaries, have been fighting and planning, and I mean not fighting, but preparing and researching and planning to use bioweapons. It's taught in war colleges. So, yeah, there's no question that, 
you know, they, they, they do this kind of stuff. So let's uh, dismiss for now. I, for those of you that are interested in kind of helping us come up with a plan as a church, I want to keep you for just a few minutes. I've got a handout I want to give you, and we're not going to have a prolonged meeting, and I'll explain why, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of keep it short if you'd like to stay around for that. Otherwise, we will see you Sunday or next Wednesday. Please spread the word. Help people be aware of this information. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and sound the alarm. When do you have this published? I'll have it uploaded tonight. So uh, it'll be at the Not Bad Works website tonight, late, you know, because I got a 45 minute drive, but it'll be, it'll be up tonight. All right, thanks. God bless.